everyone, and welcome to Marvelous One Division. We're here to talk about episodes one and two, which don't have titles, so we're just going to stick to episodes one and two. I'm Matthew, and I'm joined by Abby. Hello. And I'm joined by Laura. Hello. Because I realised when we did episode zero, I did a thing of, oh, I'm joined by Abby and Laura, say hello, and then I didn't introduce who you were individually. <laughs> That's fine. So let's hope people can, can learn to tell you apart. <laughs> Good. Uh, so the show has finally started. We're very excited. Um, very, very excited. Looking at, you know, Twitter, who has referenced this show in the past? And, and there is this clearly this flurry when it was announced in 2019, where Abby, you and a few others were like, WandaVision, these are my thoughts. <laughs> thoughts, 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 thoughts. Um, and then quiet for like a year. So we're finally there. We have waited so long for this week. One question before we dig into it. How many times have each of you watched these two episodes? Five. Twice. <laughs> How about I've watched them twice as well. Okay, like a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I mean, someone... I'm not here for my normality. <laughs> yeah, like somebody's <laughs> podcasting about it. <laughs> right, Um, what do we think of the show? I'm tempted to throw over to Abby first, but <laughs> I, might, I might just... No, no, let Abby, let, she's got to let it out. Go on. I just, I think everything. I think absolutely everything. I am so happy. I mean, we could just stop there. I am so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure we'll get into the details later. Laura, how do you feel? Um, I don't love it. <gasps> I know the shock. This is why I didn't want to talk about Confronted. it over over um, <laughs> messaging over the weekend. I had to drop my bomb. So, however, quick caveat, um, at the end of the first episode, first watch the first episode, to be honest, my first reaction was, oh, crap, I've said I'm going to podcast about the show and I have nothing to say about it. (laughs) However, (laughs) by the end of the second episode, I'm like, oh, no, no, this is better. And I just I didn't take notes. I just watched them. And then the next day I just bashed down a load of notes. And then today I've watched them again. The thing is, I think it's amazing. I think it's excellent. I just personally at the moment don't love it. I think I will. And I think I'll probably at the end come back and watch these and adore them. Um, but one, I've been starved of Marvel. <laughs> and so I think perhaps if there'd been something a bit more familiar and then we'd gone into this, maybe I would have had a different reaction. But I think the big thing is I absolutely adore the bits. Uh, well, one, I, I really appreciate the beauty of the recreation of these um these sitcoms it's not uh it's not even a parody it's a recreation and so i can really appreciate that but i would never sit down and watch this kind of sitcom okay but then when it breaks and there's a creepy bit oh i love that so i just need more doom and i think we're gonna get that because <laughs> the second one yeah the second one already had more doom so uh, i would say i like it but i don't love it yet oh, but i think i will interesting I, I did wonder if it was that sitcom thing, because when we talked about the different sitcoms it was referencing, you were most cold on the sitcoms and the references and things. So. Yeah. Mm. And, and I, you know, you, what you're saying there is effectively when it breaks from being a traditional multi-camera and mm-hmm. throws into what we know as modern single-camera drama comedy. Mm. Yeah. And it feels suddenly like a, a totally different show. It's fascinating. Love it. I mean, there's mm. lots of things I like about what they're doing, even in the black and white bits, but... um. But yeah, so how about you, Matthew? Um, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. There are there elements of it that I wish were better. Okay. TBH, and we can dig into them a little bit. I have some trepidation about the future of this show. 
I, I think we're going to talk about. You, you're absolutely right. It's not. It, it's parodying and pastiching sitcoms in the story, but not in the presentation of them. Mm. But there is another show that this is reminding me very heavily of, which is why I think Laura, uh, why I think Abby loves this quite so much. This was like the pilot of Lost. Oh. This was all mystery, a little bit of character, very little plot. I've got to say, I I could have stood for even less plot. I right, and and I'm I'm not the only person I've seen say this, but actually, I could have just watched the sitcom. I could have <laughs> just fallen for the endless sitcom because I haven't watched anything delightful in a really long time, like anything oh. new and delightful in a long while. And I just watched yeah. it. Just thought, oh, my heart could use a bit of warmth. <laughs> mm. But um. But we're not here for that. I get it. <laughs> no, I think I think it's just because there's so much setting up of questions, and that's where my trepidation comes from. Because I don't know that I trust them to stick the landing and to deliver something that's not. And she was having a dream. <laughs> but this is what's particularly interesting because I think a lot of people feel very into the mystery, and you know, obviously, I've been on the internet of television for a really long time. I had a lost podcast. I am all about like talking about mystery if you want to, but I'm interested in how little I'm actually interested in the mystery. Ooh. I think because I have some familiarity with some different storylines from the comics, and I'm not a, a Marvel comic person with, with any great um, depth of knowledge and detail, but I have read a few things which are explicitly, I think, referenced in this and it's like which of those things is this for and, and i don't know how it fits into the larger setup and there are things that i would really love to see and that i've always wanted to see mm. in film and television and and it is almost that kind of it, it's not a mystery for me it's just kind of is it this road or is it this road or is it a special mcu road that okay, is yeah, yet yeah. to be mm. ascertained and like one of those would be amazing and one of those would be well i'll watch it and one of those would be well i guess i know nothing now <laughs> So, so yeah, okay. like it, it doesn't quite feel like the same sort of hacking the mystery as some of the other things mm. for me. Mm. How, how did you feel about the kind of mysteryness of it, Laura? Like, was it enough for you by the end of the second no, episode? No, no, I need a lot more. I need, uh, no, I'm mean, the thing is, this is set up, isn't it? So it's, it's mm. a pilot in essence. Yeah, just the, the amazing switch in my interest when we got into the, the mm. creepiness um and like which bit made you interested well I, I really loved the fact where they did the um the real contrast between the black and white and then the very bright colors when there's something that's that's amiss mm. and shouldn't be there and I you know I liked all of them the, the radio with the voice and um and what have you but it was particularly the uh, manhole cover mm -hmm. because the there was even the switch in the actors. It's almost like the, the the characters themselves came out of the conceit and the the kind of sinister moving and then the B-man that I have no idea about. <laughs> so, and this is the great thing. I, I mean, I love a mystery box, I'm afraid. And I have no idea. There's bits mm -hmm. and pieces I recognise, but where this is actually going, yes, I have some theories, but no, I don't have enough comics knowledge to really be able to pinpoint um, so yeah, I I think if we could have say maybe ten percent more cracking of the facade, I think I would be okay. quite happy. I feel like that might be the end. Yeah, it feels we like get. that's what's coming. Yeah, episode on episode. Yeah, that's mm. why I'm kind of like I think I'll then look back on these and I'll love them. 
Okay. Let, let's start with the happy stuff then. What did we like? Are there things that either of you want to call out as, yeah, that was good, enjoyed that, great performance, great what-ifs? For me, there are no bad performances here. I think everything and everyone is absolutely on point, and I think that everything is how it was intended to be. And I haven't felt this confident in that in a show for a while. Like It, it looks to me like Yet neither this is I. the show they wanted us to see. Shall I then tell you the, the performance? Because there's one key performance that I think is not very good or should have been better. And there might be reasons for this, obviously. This is the hard thing with us talking about in episode one and two. There are likely reasons for a lot of things we're picking up. But at the moment, I don't think Paul Bettany is very good. <gasps> oh, God, it's a good thing that Abby is nowhere near you physically. It's okay. Matthew can hold his incorrect opinions. Our friendship is based on this. I think he's he's very charming and, and doing big comedy. Great. Good on him. It's reminiscent of things like Bruce Willis on Friends. It is a film actor coming and doing TV comedy with the the full gamut of tools he has in his toolbox. He has all these different things he can pull on because he is a very capable actor who does very good films. But you compare that to, I think, Catherine Hahn, who is a very good TV comedy actor, who is doing the same thing, but she's using the tools that her character has. She doesn't feel like she's breaking character for the joke, whereas he feels like he's doing Paul Bettany doing comedy on TV. But you couldn't have Vision, as we know him, be in this situation and be able to do the magic show or to do... In the same way that Wanda is not being Wanda, is she? You know, I mean, Wanda's very angsty mm. in the films. And here she's incredibly happy. Oh, yeah, I, I completely get that they are different characters or, or, or being put in situations that are making them different than we know. Mm. I think, Paul Betty, things like the, the, in inverted commas, drunk performance of the magic thing, which is great and very funny, but is too much for the character. I don't get why the accent changes. And there's there's a few things there that I think, oh, it's, it's just a little much. When he when he does it low-key, the, the bit in the first episode where he's asking about what we do, which I think is taking from a classic moment in that 70s show, so it's sort of channeling in classic sitcom moments, it's really good because he's just sort of delivering the lines and it's, it's very nicely done and a bit low-key. But then a lot of the rest of it, he goes quite big with it mm. i really felt like and i we were just talking before we started recording bad form about how i haven't really particularly picked up a great deal of sitcom references and i think that's because i have a huge sitcom <laughs> library in my head but they're largely british radio sitcoms of the 1960s <laughs> they, they might um, not be doing them which yeah. is interesting <laughs> it's unlikely <laughs> it's probably not going to be married lines although if it was i'd be so oh, what if, what a what dream. if vision turns anyway. to wonder and goes mornington crescent <laughs> <laughs> that might be the easiest way to make Clearly. me laugh <laughs> we should just have a round of that through the podcast um, every episode we'll just pop it in <laughs> just for Laura who <laughs> sat here looking clueless yeah it's fine this is all good it's the best way to be when Mornington Crescent is involved yes sitcoms uh, the only thing that I really got, particularly during the drunk performance, and I almost felt like it was an if you know, you know, it really felt like Hugh Laurie and Blackadder the Third <laughs> for me. It was just and, and like the body language and everything, it was it was just so that kind of Prince mm. George ness. I, I mm. found that I found it highly entertaining. But I always like it when people kind of are mm. happy drunk in something. Uh so one of my favourite tropes, in fact, is the happy drunk. So I deeply, deeply enjoyed every moment of that. Like the horse shoes it thing. Was, was it was funny. Just I just for don't me. think it quite landed 
as as well as an actual TV actor might have. That's my only. But I really did feel like that was the thing, and it was odd. And and I will agree that his performance is is a bit odd. I feel like Elizabeth Olsen as well is similarly slightly uncanny. And I did I read um, the Guardian interview with uh, some of the cast, uh, which had her talking about how they kind of situated themselves in into the comedy and she'd worked to adapt her voice as well as her hair and her makeup and her look and I found that a particularly interesting detail that she'd worked to inhabit the type of woman that you were seeing in different sitcoms and I think that you can see the differences between the first two even though they're both in four by four mm. four by three in black and white mm. you can see the change in her mm-hmm. presence mm. in the show and I think that if you look at vision you know it's harder with vision because he is you know more kind of neurotic in the first episode and he's that character and then he's more uh you know larks in the second episode um i think it will be interesting to see where we go from there but i do feel like they're inhabiting these more theatrical television roles you know they are performances they're filmed in front of live audiences they don't look like the television that we expect i think when you do watch those kind of older sitcoms, I, I don't think they feel the same. That's not to say that Paul Bettany might just not be doing a good job. It's not. You know, I think he's an incredible actor, but it's not out of the realms of possibility that he's not great every time. However, I don't think okay. we're there yet. Uh, yeah, it's so hard to know on episode two. Yes. <laughs> but of nine, it's not loads. Let's make a note and we will come back to that. <laughs> Is Paul Bettany good or not? Vote on episode nine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm never going to say no. I I think we can say that. So, Laura, what are the bits that you liked in it? Well, despite my rather miserable start, there are lots of things. One real straightforward. I'm so excited to see the Marvel um, intro at the beginning. Just so excited. <laughs> my my very first note is it's gone to four to three. <laughs> Just so excited when it suddenly closed <laughs> down and you know it, it went to black and white. It went to an old style sound effect on it. That's quite nice for, for putting you in the mood of what they're delivering. It's lovely. Yeah, I mean, I think the the big thing is that I really, the, the care and attention that's gone into recreating mm. these um, sitcoms. As I said, I'm not that familiar with them, but I'm familiar with the style and, and what they're meant to look like. But I like the way that they have then tried to weave in, you know, they've weaved in jokes that actually work. So the beginning of the first episode with the flying saucers when he gets hit in the head with a plate and he says, oh, my wife and her flying saucers in here. And then the rather heartbreaking, my husband's indestructible head, when you think about Brilliant. Uh, Infinity War. <laughs> so, oh, God. And it's it's this kind of tragedy almost of seeing them so happy in this situation when you hmm. know, well, whatever this is, I don't think this is going to fix what, what happened. Or if so, a lot more is going to have to happen for that to be the case. I just think the chemistry between them is lovely. I really, even though it's this very heightened performance because of the style they're going for with the, the sitcom, I still think there's a lovely chemistry between them. It is genuinely mm. romantic, which is quite unusual, frankly, to see. Um, I know the MCU has bits and pieces. But I think some of those couples don't necessarily have the chemistry. You know, Pepper and um, Tony Stark, they have lovely chemistry. And I think here you see that they do as well. And it it, it mm. genuinely feels romantic when he's reassuring her or, or, you know, they're just having a cute moment. Mm. I think that's a really nice word to, to bring in is that it is a romantic mm. relationship rather than, you know, an, an electrical 
you know, sparks yeah. and snark kind of relationship or like an epic mm. Peggy and Cap thing, you know. I, I think that this is a really nice love yeah. story. Ooh. The fashion. I love some of her outfits are just go- not so much his, but hers are it's hers good. are rather gorgeous. <laughs> and one of the big things was just mm. seeing Emma Caulfield in something mainstream again. <laughs> Because I have to be honest, I mean, I'm relatively new to Buffy. I had a whole big vampire problem mm-hmm. when I was younger. <laughs> I yeah, know. Who hasn't, you know. <laughs> but, but it meant that even, even though um, Buffy obviously is not extreme vampires, I, I just couldn't even watch that when it came out. So I've only mm-hmm. watched it last four years or so. But I thought she was fantastic in that. And so then I've not seen her in anything. So seeing her here as a surprise, because I hadn't looked up the cast, delighted to see her in this kind of evil, brittle performance with then that vulnerability when she's saying, who are you? And then that, you know, I don't believe that you're not going to harm us. Mm -hmm. I thought that was beautiful. And there's lots of other things, but I'm just listing stuff now. So Matthew, what what were your highlights? Um, Let's call out the other big actor that we, we saw in this. Deborah Jo Rupp yeah. has Mrs. Hart. So we've got one of the great, you know, certainly of the modern times, one of the great matriarchs of sitcoms mm-hmm. from that 70s show turning up. Just, it's a delight. And she's doing the same thing in some ways. But because she's so integral to the, in inverted commas, weird, creepy moment. Yeah. And she delivers it because I didn't, don't think I really picked up on it first time. I, I just thought she was repeating things. Second time. It really shows that she has this big smile on her face, but is saying to Wanda, stop it. Mm. There is there is more of a connection there than just her saying those words that she was saying last time. It's It, it was really nice to, to see something interesting with from her, but also doing the role that we all love her in. So, great. <laughs> Which is interesting, because I'd not seen her. Like, I mm-hmm. recognised her face, but I couldn't put it together. She is She is the mother of the main character in that 70s show. Um, and has a, a which season one is worth watching. It is a okay. fabulous first series. It goes downhill very quickly as people like Ashton Kutcher suddenly get roles elsewhere and Laura Prepon gets roles elsewhere and everyone just goes off and does their thing. Series one is immaculate. And, and for me, that's kind of what I loved in it is all the calls to slightly different things, just making me think of something, making me think of all. They've got the intro from Bewitched, but mm-hmm. the way she is moving is very reminiscent of Samantha from Bewitched. Or, and this is the thing I quite like, the way they treat Vision's abilities, certainly during the magic show and some of the rest of it, is very reminiscent of Genie and I Dream of Genie. So the two big magic sitcoms, they've nice. sort of integrated in, in both of them, although her Wanda's magic changes slightly in the second one. The first one is a lot more about snapping, and I quite enjoy references to snapping yeah. in the MCU. Um, in the second one, it was a lot more sort of nodding of the head and things suddenly happened rather than moving something from one place to another it was i felt the second one was very thoughtful like there was it was clever she was very clever and quick more in control Mm. i thought that was quite interesting whereas it was more Mm. chaotic in the first one more kind of ah ah, dinner you know and then the second one is fixing my husband's nonsense (laughs) (laughs) which again a different housewife yeah just the, the 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 move into the 60s style, so you suddenly get more man-made fabrics, more patterns on things, women in trousers. So, so the next time I'm expecting us to suddenly start seeing plastics, prefab patterns on the walls, things like that. Like I, They really are paying that, that attention to detail. You feel like you're getting a history through watching it. Mm. Great. There's a lot of, of objects and little things. And I mean, I, I, 
I think we're probably not the show that's going to go through absolutely everything and go, this could be a statue of this and this could be a thing of that. But I am so happy that people can. Yeah, I'm sure you do know, Matthew, and I hope that you will enlighten us where it comes up. But <laughs> but I'm so pleased that there's mm. the room for that. And I think, actually, I mean, it kind of brings me to the one main thing that I want to say about why I think this is great, which is this show meets you wherever you are. Mm. And whatever you want from it, it will give you something. If you just want a break and something to watch, if you don't know anything about Marvel, and I think that's a conversation we are having um if you know everything about marvel there's it it will meet you there and i don't think there's much of the mcu where that's true and certainly there are films where you really need to care not only do you need to know you need to care to get something out of it and i i don't think you even Mm. need to care to get anything out of this i think you can just turn up sit down 22 minutes in the first episode and you're done yeah bit of interesting nostalgia and a bit of silliness yeah yeah it's really nice yeah Mm. It's a bit unusual. It's a bit odd. It's it is as everyone has said. It is something new, and it builds on something old. And mm. I think the thing is, much as I'm saying, I think we're going to get more creepiness, and therefore I think I'm going to love it, and I'm going to go back and look at these and love them. Even if we don't get a lot more, I am still delighted that they're experimenting. And even if it does end up at the end of all the um, episodes, I'm like, look, it was great. I can see the quality there, but it's just not for me. That's fine, because I think now there's enough room in the MCU, and particularly with all of the things coming out on Disney Plus Mm -hmm. in the future, that not everything has to be for everybody. And much as I would like everything to be for me, um, I'm (laughs) I'm okay with just this one. (laughs) But I also hope it will be for me. I do also think that there's a really interesting amount of character and different character details and tie-ins and, you know, some of the sort of storylines that it could be encompassing include so many of these characters that we just, we haven't seen or don't know or have seen in passing. And these huge other arcs and offshoots and storylines that you know, maybe we never thought we'd necessarily get to see because we were so stuck in, yeah. in Avengerland. Uh, yeah, so it, it's really exciting to see that actually maybe this could tie in with, well, anything that's been announced. Is there, can anyone tell me, is a Doctor Doom film ever coming? Is that on the list? Well, there's a Fantastic Four film planned, so it depends on what they do in that, whether that's a Doom story or not. Who knows? Who knows? Interesting. Hmm. You mentioned about picking out all the little details about what might possibly tie into things and so on. Come I on, will Matthew. Admit, I was pausing through the weird sequence in episode one to see what was on the fourth wall. Because there are about two shots of vision where you can see the fourth wall behind them. (gasps) It's just a wall. It's got a nook and some bookshelves. (laughs) You've really built that up, Matthew. Rubbish. But great build I love it. (laughs) Give me something for this effort. (laughs) Only, Only thing that stood out other than some of the sort of big stuff that should be noticeable. I think the knocker that the lobster end up hung on, you see it, I think, once, maybe twice mm. earlier. It looks like the Infinity Gem that was in Vision's mm. head. Mm. Probably just a small thing, but who knows? I mean, everything is intentional mm-hmm. on the set. Because I've read various articles, and I'm not just going to repeat all the things I've saw there, but just Google Easter eggs people and you'll find them. But some things that I did think of before I read them okay. is um, that the, the toy hol- helicopter is Iron Man coloured. With mm-hmm. the yeah. the yellowy oh, gold and the red, so I don't know if that's something. Um, obviously we've got the sword logo everywhere, and he, even I had heard of sword. <laughs> and what was the other thing? 
oh this one actually I didn't notice but I think it's good it's the, the wine bottle um, and it's called Maison du yeah. Mépris sorry everybody who speaks French which is, translates to House of Contempt and so some people are thinking that's linked to House of M mm-hmm. so what do you guys know about S.W.O.R.D.? As, I, as far as I know it's kind of Space Shield <laughs> I don't even know that oh <laughs> I think this is the other thing to call out. I'm not a Marvel Comics person. So when we talk comic stuff, if I've read it on Wikipedia, I know it. That's about as far as it okay, goes. we're in the same boat then. <laughs> Abby, it's all on you. <laughs> I mean, I, I know better because I've been on the internet before to um, to declare any kind of facts about things about which I'm not 100% certain. But I mean, if if you'd like my kind of theory on what this is, I think um, that... One of the things I particularly liked was the phrasing "Wonder who's doing this to you" from the radio, and I think that the that the answer is very much she is doing this. No one is doing it to her; she is doing it. And I thought when they were all doing the kind of for the children, for the children thing, I think that she is doing it for the children, her children, Wonder's children. Big deal. And you know, if you off vision, then it's quite difficult to get the children. So, for the children, I think we get WandaVision. And I think that various people are trying to get reality back. Some of those people might be Hydra, and some of them might be Sword, and some of them might be Shield, or, you know, all sorts of things. Um, But I think that this is very much Wanda's thing. And when it starts to kind of derail, Mm. she pulls it back, and you go to a different version of things. You take a different avenue. That that was one of my questions of whether that was her controlling that rewind segment or someone else. Interesting. I, I don't know. Well, to start with, because I'd assumed before um, watching any of this from what I've read and what have you, that this was going to be, a, that it's very much going to be her doing it. Reality, she's created to either deal with the loss of vision or to not deal with the loss of vision, uh, more to the point. But then as I was watching the first one, particularly when they, they seemed quite confused about the fact that they don't have any backstory or anything like that, I was thinking, oh, maybe this isn't her doing it. But as time has gone on again, I now twist it back the other way and I do think it's her doing it. And then we've got sword and hydra's in there somewhere because of the strucker watch which we can talk about a bit more but i think it is she's doing it and we've got people who are observing um whether they want to stop it or twist it for their own means or what have you but i think particularly with that rewind it seemed very determined that she was saying no and we're going to go back and do something nicer thank you very much what about matthew i don't have any big things. Yes, I think I agree that it's Wanda doing it. Mm. Um, my big thing is I'm not sure Vision is real. And it sounds like everyone else is on the same page. And it yeah. it was actually my wife who pointed this out. Who was like, Vision could be Emma Caulfield, Dottie. But, you know, another creation for this thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and, and just a, a character in the sitcom, as it were. Clearly, and I can't remember the... Um, I can't remember the fake name she gave Geraldine. Geraldine. So Tiana Paris, who I keep wanting to call Dawn. Yeah. She was Dawn in yes. Mad Men. And she's now <laughs> turned up in this as yes. Geraldine. Clearly is a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but interesting, if you think about Dawn from Buffy, always an interesting <laughs> parallel for suddenly turning up in the story Absol- and not yeah, knowing why absolutely. you're there. <laughs> just, just as a, I mean, if we really wanted to be meta about TV show connections. <laughs> um, but I think... I don't know whether Agnes is real or not, is a person in there spying part of the illusion, whatever is going on with her. 
And again, that's that's part of how she's written and part of the performance is it's a larger than life thing, so it could be, but also it could just be playing up the sitcomness of it. I loved her. I thought she did the sitcom stuff fantastically. Yeah. That bit she's when she leans utterly part of it. When she leans back and checks out the postman's ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's kind of not so impressed. But yes, yeah, I liked that. Yeah, it's oh, so it's interesting that you think maybe some of it's real, some of it isn't. I wondered if she might be a kind of placeholder for Agatha Harkness because it's a very similar name, and okay. that would and there was so I who's think this? There other references. Um, she's sort of like again wary <laughs> of saying anything definitive from the comic books, but she's she's um she's she's a witch and she sort of um confers uh, some of her skills and wisdom wonder and she, i th- believe she kind of takes a kind of governess role for okay. her at one point also where captain jack jack harkness got his name in doctor who yeah. i believe <laughs> so yeah so you can see that i mean it's it's certainly in the name it would be a weird mm. name to pick if you weren't going to yeah. kind of go there and, and in the relationship yeah she's yeah. very much playing that and guiding role isn't she yeah and she does have that kind of steering her um yeah which is a, a really nice um, way to put the, the kind of governess mm. sense in, isn't it? In the mm. interfering next door neighbour, I think that's something. What a great sitcom thought. Yeah, because when I think of Catherine Hahn in this, she had a few good, great moments, but the bit where she turns up with all the food mm-hmm. and then Wanda ushers her out, but she just walks back in and just starts talking about it. And you can see they're doing the thing of her talking while she's trying to get rid of her. It's you know, fairly archetypal joke but the way she's just delivering it so confidently whilst they're doing this you know promenade around the mm-hmm. kitchen it's great what i like about her is she's the main character in her story <laughs> yes exactly yeah and i think that's gorgeous oh completely mm. which is an interesting thing for different realities as well you know everyone's in potentially their own no absolutely i did enjoy the um the bunnies <laughs> with um Emma Caulfield being probably there. not on purpose, but you sort of hope maybe they egged it up or something. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, it's. <laughs> and then also we touched on them, but the adverts. Mm. I think that's that's interesting. I mean, the first one, so the Stark toaster. Well, one thing it made the whole thing made me think. Thank God I don't live in the 50s and 60s. With their they're obviously very deliberate playing up. You know, if you're making your man's toast, which <laughs> sod it, you can make your own toast. <laughs> But um, yeah, that that was really I thought interesting. Obviously, the start callback, but also that beeping, that really sinister beeping with the red light. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and the um, was it? What's the slogan? Something about like forget about the past or something. Oh, I forget what I it was, but yeah, <laughs> something mm. along those mm. lines. Look to the future. Something, yeah, something about mm. looking to the future. Um, and so that did put me in mind of where Wanda and um, oh Pietro? God. Her brother, Pietro, thank you. Their story of when they were stuck in the building with nice. the Stark missile. Mm. Thinking it was counting that's down. A, that's a good call. So, I don't know if that's deliberate. But... And then with the, the, the Strucker, mm-hmm. the watch. Um, where the hell is Hydra at this stage? I was sort of racking my brains. I just I think they're kind of meant to, in theory, be gone, aren't they? Because they went through clearing out all these Hydra bunkers in um, Ultron. Mm-hmm. And then Ultron supposedly killed Strucker. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. Because certainly Hydra's come back in S.H.I.E.L.D. and then been in a virtual reality in S.H.I.E.L.D. and then in an alternate reality and then in the future. I don't know where they ended up. Um, I still haven't haven't watched the last three episodes. Um, 
but yeah, so they're in Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield has not been represented in the films no. for a very. Are long we expecting time, so. it to be in this at all? No, it's only because the watch actually has on the mm. face of it. It's got the Hydra symbol. It even says Hydra. So it's not. Mm. Yeah, it's not just the Strucker um, connection. There's also the Hydra symbol, and it says, and the tagline for that one is, um, "He'll make time for you." I mm-hmm. think it is. Which so do we think? Strucker. I, I wonder if these are just moments or key things from Wanda's past that are being entered in a way again in a sort of dreamlike mm. interpretation. Mm. Yeah. That would I think that would make more sense than struck. I kind of dig, you know, also including adverts that as time goes on will just again modernize and be more like modern adverts, but about random MCU things. I I, I would be fine if they weren't anything. If they're just thrown in for the audience to have fun. No, absolutely. I think it's just because we've got so little to go on at the moment. Um, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. grasping everything mm. to see if it one, means one something. one thing that I do find myself thinking, just kind of thinking of, of how we like things to tie together and, and what we'd like to see come out of them, it does make me realise that actually it would be possible for me to dis- be disappointed if, in a sense, not only did they not go down some of the roads that, that I would like to see them go down, sort of a more kind of House of M arc and some of the kind of consequences of some of those things and drawing some of those strings together i would be really angry if they tanked them for future use um because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking mm-hmm. i mean you mentioned pietro and obviously quicksilver is one of my absolute favorites and the house of m storyline is huge for him and has really interesting kind of spin-off consequences for him and he's not alive anymore in this because of no. some strange choices that were made in Age of Ultron. I mean, do we know what Aaron Taylor Johnson was doing at the end of 2020? Was he anywhere yeah. filming anything? <laughs> so we may get the brother well, visiting. I would really like to see him in this, and I do think that it's interesting to have kind of wonder without him. Um, I just I felt like we we never even started the relationship. No. Just the the plot of one of the episodes in the eighties is the JP one where the family visits and she has to find room for her strange, quick talking or or ironically slow talking brother and her two older <laughs> twin sisters who are very silly and good. It's literally all I want is Mary Kate and Ashley to rock up. As I am, <laughs> I will scream. I have to pause her. I have to do. I'll do laps. I mean, there's no. You can't even go anywhere. I I would. I. You'll hear if it happens. You'll hear. <laughs> I'm starting to think that Abby should be recording her reactions for the podcast. We just play no, them No, because it's just a lot of me whining and my wife going, shut up. I'm trying to watch. <laughs> <laughs> In between giggling at me. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I think there's there's room for some really great things. But maybe in a way as well, if they did turn up, then you'd be like, oh, they did that thing that we thought about. And actually it was funnier in our heads. Which is always the danger of that's yeah. always the worry. That, that's yeah. the other thing, you know, in this world where we all talk about things so much, we've only had two episodes and there's only another seven, you know. At some point some of our guesses will be right and will they be better in our heads? And this is one of the nice things about it looking as great as it does, because however good it looks in your head, it doesn't look as good as it does on the television. And that's not true of every mm. show and that's not true of every film with a podcast. So we at least have that to look forward to. Talking on her brother and her past and so on, my, I think, fifth note is Wanda's accent. See, I saw people criticising this, and I think it makes complete sense. One, it's been transitioning in the films, um, and it's gone from her 
I wouldn't say heavy accent, but the accent she had in Ultron when she was um, introduced into MCU. And then through the other films, it's become more American as time's gone on. But I think if you're a, you know, a young woman living in the States, you are going to pick up the accent. I, li- I was in the States for a month and I came back with a bit of a twang. <laughs> I watch one show and my accent goes weird. <laughs> but also, particularly within this show, I think it's even stronger that, as as we've said, you know, this if this is a reality either she's created or someone else has created, the idea is that she is the perfect homemaker, American homemaker, suburban, and um, will suit me mum. And so in the same way that she has, you know, the, the perfect hair and that it changes between the two episodes, I think the fact that she's got the perfect American accent, I think, to me, that seems part of the conceit. And I think having, as I mentioned before, seen them say that, you know, they even changed her American accent to suit the decade. I think we can assume that it is deliberate mm-hmm. and that, that at least Elizabeth Olsen is making some choices and it seems like she was allowed allowed you know as the star of the show she could probably stand on her head for much of it and it would have been fine but um yeah she she was given free reign with some of those Mm. things and those were the choices she made and i do think that again if you if you look at the bits that they did get to choose about their characters in age of ultron for example and i think you know elizabeth olsen's obviously very well versed in various wonders, I think that you can see from the choices that they make that um, that they're aware of what's interesting um, about Wonder and Pietro in Age of Ultron, and I think that it would be very strange for her not to have taken that level of consideration into this show. I would say, though, that I hope that we get more of her heritage and background. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that necessarily equates to the accent, but I, I hope that we do see sort of more of those threads and I think that you know if they do have things like Agatha Harkness and so on I think it would be difficult not to get more of that integrated so we will have like accent watch but exactly that's why I <laughs> wanted to mention it I hope it's going yeah. to come back because there's she said I think four words in not sin- sitcom voice when she said yeah. vision help him and when she said no to the b-man yeah. so not enough to know whether there was an accent there or not but I'm hoping it will come through because Yes, it phased out in the other films with a she's being trained as a spy monarchy. I think it was so that they didn't have to worry about it in the recording from the directors, as I as from the interviews I've read. Um, mm. I'm hoping they do a little bit more with it. So I, it's exactly why I'm bringing it up now, because I might be bringing it up again. It's on the list. I'm, I'm looking forward to her 90s voice. Like, I, I really want the drawl. <laughs> I want that long, Going up at the end, the friend's 90s. style. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> You know what? I I feel like we're probably not going to get a Friends episode, but oh, gosh, I, I could have stood for one. I <laughs> I so oh. when we were talking about this um before we were recording and just you know well do we have any idea what uh, sitcoms I might touch on? I was thinking, God, I really want to see Friends. And like we basically have Friends Avengers. <laughs> Friends <sighs> Avengers. Because as time goes on, there are fewer and fewer sitcoms that are about a couple. Or even mm-hmm. about a family in a traditional sense. Again, in inverted commas. There are fewer sitcoms, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, well, the BBC makes some. But, they're not. They're, they're not doing Blackadder on this. They're not doing <laughs> only fools and horses. But as I just <laughs> said, though, I think that Blackadder was in there, and I think if you don't think Paul Bettany's got that literacy, I think you're missing a trick. <laughs> but I think I, I, I'm interested to see what they go to because. When you think of a 70s sitcom, you think of that 70s show. I think of that 70s show because 
it wasn't a period for sitcoms in that way. Was it even on here? The Good Life was a 1970s sitcom. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't um like The Odd Couple? Was that 70s? Yeah, because I think the film's end of 60s. So the sitcom must have been. And then there's Three's Company. Mm-hmm. Neither of which I've ever mm-hmm. seen. But I've heard reference. I think those are and 70s. This is exactly the thing. It's it's harder to do about a couple going through malarkey together because mm. that used to be the tradition. And now it's moving into ensembles, funny, yeah, funny setups, groups. funny, funny mm. situations. You know, are we going to have the Brooklyn Nine Nine episode? Probably not. But <laughs> well, what are you going to pick? What What would you pick from the twenty tens? Because is Modern Family's got to be that's the that's the most obvious one. Is, is Modern yeah. Family? When, wait, when is Modern Family then? Yeah, it's mid two thousands. Is it still on? Yeah, it's, it's been it going only a very long time. A couple of years, isn't it? But what I mean is, wouldn't that be the two thousands? Maybe, and and uh, I don't know. They're necessarily going for a show from that period. I don't think yeah, they, they are. Will. What was the style of shows in that period? Maybe we're trying to evoke mm. something like having the Bewitched intro and so on, but it's not we're spoofing Bewitched here. We are doing and just taking bits from. But they are doing kind of what? what is the woman in the show like? And again, you know, we're, mm. we're talking about sort of that trope character. So, for example, you know, if it was Friends, then which of the three women would she be? Or would she rotate through all three? Or would she just mm. be Ross for a change? <laughs> um, <laughs> Or better, I want to see them do the um, the fountain clapping and everything. <laughs> yeah, and the titles. If someone told you we're going to do a series of, you know, homages to television, wouldn't you want to do the clapping? Wouldn't yeah, you? I mean, in terms of sitcom intros, I mean, I mean does the eighties then have to be Cheers, and the seventies has to include something of Mash? If we're talking of the biggest shows of the time, Mash would be interesting. The thing is, I don't know how up-to-date they're going to go because um, Feige has said that it's not going to keep up this era per episode format throughout. Yeah. I was reading in an interview. So I think we're going to get up to a certain yeah. stage and then I think we might like switch in between them. Um, well, we've seen from we've seen from the trailers that there's this kind of, they say they're going to save their home. And so maybe part of it is that it's, it's sort of... Maybe that's much. Because... I, I think there was another comment in an interview, which and it was one of those innocuous comments about where they were talking about the finances of it. Because yes, that's the sort of interview I read, and they're talking about <laughs> trying to do a you know nine part, six hour series on the budget for a two two and a half hour film, and how mm. they were trying to do all these interesting things to save money and do it really efficiently. And whilst they tried to work chronologically, there were some scenes they filmed at the same time as other scenes, which instantly makes me think, oh, we're going to see some of these again. And maybe yeah. we're going to end up going back through them, or we're going to see them again from the third wall or the fourth, or you know, moving around, do yeah. interesting things. It doesn't seem like something you do on the fly. It, it mm. seems like this is nine episodes deliberately planned. Yeah. And mm. uh, but but wasn't it going to be eight? Was that we had half this conversation before? Was it yeah. going to be eight? No, now it's nine, or the other way around? Well, it was going to be six. Okay. And then it was nine. Yeah. Mm. From from what we've just seen, I can't believe they went. Oh, we've got enough here for another episode to fudge in the middle. Like, unless <laughs> unless they're doing the you know Star Trek thing of setting up a spin-off in one episode, I don't. Mm. I, I think it was just another way of them getting another news story. And do you think we'll get some kind of crack through at the end, and then we'll find ourselves back in kind of film style territory, back in the literal MCU? Yeah. Um, or you you think that it's going to break back mm-hmm. to the cinematic? version and then the credits and then coming soon (laughs) 
I think it's gonna it's gonna set us up. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they've moved because with the pandemic and everything, they've actually switched the order. Because wasn't this meant to be like fourth or something of the TV programs? Yeah, and they, so they've moved it forward because the sensible thing for this is to set up for um, Doctor Strange mm-hmm. and the multiverse of madness. It's way in the future at the moment. Mm. Exactly. So I don't, unless we're going to see bits of that in some of the future seasons as well, like just like not yeah, maybe they're even planning a second second series in there. You know, it's a season. Sorry for American audience. I have I have seen them say that a second series is possible. Yeah. Mm. So that would be interesting. And and whether that's just the because Wanda is in Doctor Strange, Apparently. right? Apparently, yeah. I mean, it's filming um, at the moment, except it's filming in the UK, so it's not filming at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, the other interesting thing from that article, which was very heavily about the production of it, but uh, Vision, Paul Bettany, when it was all in black and white, was painted blue. It really and it's, is interesting. If you ever go back, I'll see if I can find it, to, and we'll link to it somewhere, or, or we'll tweet it out, but there there are old shots mm. of the sets of things like the Adams Family, where everything is pinks and browns and blues. It's, yes. it's high contrast colours. Um, because obviously you're going for contrast rather than the actual colour itself. And yeah, the blue makeup showed. And I did think when they finally got to that bit where the colours came in, I was like, everything looks darker. It's really strange. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Caulfield tweeted out a picture of her in colour. Mm. And there's a lot of makeup. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of makeup. Now, I, I want to, I'm, I'm really curious about Sword because mm-hmm. I, uh, I've heard of them and it being sort of Space Shield. I actually looked up the acronym and it is, well, this is the other interesting thing, it's changed. It was Sentient World Observation Division, or something along those lines. And it's now Sentient Weapons Observation Division, and that's changed for one division. Oh, there's an R in there. (laughs) (laughs) We come to you from SWAD. (laughs) Could you come up with an R in there? Just put recon or something. No, it works. There's an R in there somewhere. Anyway, the important bit. <laughs> damn you! No one would have realised. Um, the important bit, the bit that's changed, is from um, world something observation to weapons, mm. sentient weapons. And I mean, that's a hell of a uh, description for well, potentially both Wonder yeah. and Vision, and Ultra, but particularly Wonder. Mm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's annoying. Now, what's that? But R? coming coming back to the thing, these episodes were all set up. Here's here's a question. Here's a polar bear. Here's a giant snake, snake monster. Go smoke on. monster. Um, <laughs> and a plane that fell out of the sky and we don't know why. But I think as well, you know, I feel like we do trust Marvel. I could be wrong here, but I feel like we trust Marvel a bit more than other things to do this because we know that we know that this universe is so huge. And I think that it does kind of have a bit more goodwill. And like I saw I saw people saying that they had seen people who were like, oh, it's too mysterious and it's weird. And I was just like, you know what? I have seen none of these people saying it's no. too mysterious. I, I have not seen one. And I looked. I mean, maybe in your life, they, and you know, not everything is on Twitter. Apparently some things do happen. Like Shock. off Twitter, I know. It's hard to believe in this strange world that we live in. But um, but no, I I think that by and large, uh, you can you can be mysterious because... We are familiar enough, you know, you look at the helicopter and those are Iron Man colours and we know a lot about Iron Man, so that's Mm. fine. Like, we all, everyone who might um, not just look at the whole thing as one big mystery, what on earth am I watching? Like, if you have any more than what on earth am I watching, 
you have some concept of the scale of Marvel Universe. That's the thing, though, and that's why I feel confident in saying I think I might love this by the end, because generally, I, I think, not to go back to Age of Ultron, but I think I have a very rosy view <laughs> on most of the MCU. So, yeah, yes, some of it's better than the rest of it, but even the, the lower end, I've still been pretty damn impressed with compared to other kind of franchise type And I, um, I think that's... That's exactly the thing as well, because we are, you know, even even when you look at characters like Monica Rambeau, we're in the realm of Marvel. I really like, and I don't think it, it's around, it hasn't been around to date. So the idea that we might kind of headlong find ourselves in this phase with lots of characters and mm. storylines that I love, just even mm. the possibility, because, you know, we knew for a long time that we were going to get Captain America's 1 through 12 or whatever it is, <laughs> and uh, end games 4, 5, 6 and 12. And, you know, it was going to be a lot of that. We knew mm. that. But now we've got kind of Shang-Chi and Doctor Strange and mm-hmm. Fantastic Four, apparently that, you know, again, um, all sorts, all sorts of opportunities for all sorts of different stories that could be as different and interesting as this and i think mm. as you were saying laura it's a great sign that they feel comfortable doing something this different and that actually that is quite an an interesting point as well isn't it because i think you are starting to see the separation between dc and marvel mm. and it's not just kind of these iconic characters that's not what marvel is so interested Absolutely. in anymore and that's, you know, to to go to a space where your superheroes can just, like, have lives. Mm-hmm. And it's their powers are as much part of their character as, I don't know, like a, a skill in cookery might be. You know, they, they are fully integrated parts in at least this show. Mm. Um, obviously, like, there's a larger story. Um, mm. It's a shame you can't edit gestures into the podcast. <laughs> I'm making a world. <laughs> But yeah, um, you know, I think that it's really interesting that they are showing the lives of these people and it isn't first and foremost kind of the iconic save the world story. Yeah, I mean, I have long wanted, and again, I'm going to go back to Ultron, but that uh, the end of the party scene Mm -hmm. without the horrific joke from um, Stark. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, them hanging out together. I'd watch it's one of the best scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And just the characters. We could just segue into Friends from that Mm. scene. Yeah. And that would be fine. What if they did? Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) Oh, you know. Um, so I've uh, I've looked up I've looked up the missing R. <laughs> it's <laughs> Sentient Weapons Observation Response Division. Uh-huh. I don't think we needed the R to be honest, but it's better than SWAT. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be calling it SWAT for <laughs> SWAT from SWAT now. Watch. Um, right. Well, it suggests an obligation to do something. Yes. It also suggests it. you know yeah, several right. of them. Mm. Oh yeah, Sen- yeah. Sentient weapons, plural. I mean, you know. Yeah. Plenty, there are plenty mm. of them in the MCU. That's true. Is there anything on your notes that we haven't covered? Anything that you wanted to pick up on? Um, just li- linking to SWAD, um, the fact that we've potentially already seen them. So at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, the end credit scene, you've got Nick Fury on holiday, mm-hmm. but then it turns out he's on that space station, um, spaceship, that, that potentially could be SWORD. Mm-hmm. Um, if we've got, you know, he's 
always looking for the the next big threat so maybe that's the next stage mm. um and i have seen some theories on who the voice is but oh, i don't know if we want to go into I, that. I yeah i replayed it a couple of times and couldn't make out that it sounded like anyone but mm. no this wasn't this wasn't my keen ear <laughs> this was um i was watching a youtube video that was talking about stuff mm. um and they said that actually the close captioning had given it away um, and they were very confident that it was um, Jimmy Woo, Randall Park's character, uh, Man, yeah. Man and the Wasp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. But I thought, wait a second, I had captions on and I didn't see it. And I went back and looked. And on mine, it just says Man. Oh, I think he is in it. I think we know yeah. that he's going to be in it. Okay. He might be the only other man cast in it. So <laughs> it's a very good <laughs> chance because it's not Cat Dennings. We know that. Um, no. When When is Cat... Denning's coming into it. She's going to be in it. Right? Mm. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Again, another classic TV actor, along with yeah. Randall Park. Oh, I hope we don't get two broke girls. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have "Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment Twenty Three" though? Because I would be here for that. That would be great. That would well, that's be very a way enjoyable. to bring in Jessica Jones, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it though? <laughs> what a crossover that would be. <laughs> That would be amazing. Um, no, I, I think, I think I know the sword thing, but like I don't know if you just kind of get to the point where that's just spoilers, really. So, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be mm. interesting. Um, I, I have my three notes that I haven't covered okay. yet, which are uh, two things Paul Bettany says, and another thing where the other thing is first of all, you know, when the guy says a new round of Danish, and I was just like pastries. <laughs> Is a word that goes there. <laughs> Danish pastries. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I had to pause. <laughs> like, like, what is? Do Americans just call them Danish? Yes, like, they do. Plural. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I. You know. I told you these were going to be small mm. things. Um, I liked it. I liked it when Vision said, "We shall." I think "shall" is a great word that is underused in the English okay. language. And I enjoyed its prominence. I also particularly enjoyed and have taken to habitually saying flourish. Yes. Because it's wonderful. And it was indeed marvellous. No, I did. I, I think I think we should adopt flourish as well. Yeah. 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 That was that was delightful. Those are my notes. <laughs> uh, one, one last thing. I was really annoyed when on the first one, it then went to um, the in-universe credits and then we see the, the sword um, monitoring desk or what have you. And then we go into credits mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. seven minutes still to go. And I was yeah. like, oh, they're doing post-credit. That's right. interesting. Fast-forwarding through. <laughs> no post-credit yet. It's 23... Uh, <laughs> half an hour I was worried about. 23 minutes. I mean, I mean, yeah. The Mandalorian had the same. No, it fluctuates, doesn't it? And so maybe that will do that here. This wasn't hard and fast. I, I, I mean, the second episode was a was it twenty eight minutes maybe, and then I think seven they've minutes said they will have like three maybe that are thirty minutes, and then it will start varying. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing is that the twenty three minutes fits perfectly for the whole sitcom format and that. So if they did it, that's fine. What I will be annoyed about if like Loki and and the other ones are then only twenty something minutes. I I want a bit more if I'm only getting six or eight episodes, hmm. which I'm fine with. I don't want twenty four episodes, but then I want my 45 minutes or somewhere yeah. about there. When I saw the length of that first one, I was like, oh, we can have a really good in, good conversation because we're used to half hour long sitcoms. And, you know, really, th- th- there was a whole thing the guys who made Red Dwarf talk about. We wanted it to be on the BBC because we wanted that extra 
few minutes of storytelling. That was why we kept pushing Red them. Dwarf. I want Sword well, and Red well, Dwarf. There's a, there's a <laughs> I want Samuel L. Jackson and I want Captain Marvel and I want Red Dwarf. <laughs> I mean, as an aside, one, my fourth note, in fact, is Paul Bettany channeling Robert Llewellyn when he turns from vision into yep. human vision into yes. Paul Bettany. That that was a proper oh. look of <laughs> yeah. someone someone used to wearing makeup and suddenly not. Um, yes. But I yeah I was expecting that we could have a really interesting conversation. What do you think the Americans are making of having this extra extra bit of time in there, not having credits? And oh no, it's twenty. <laughs> <laughs> and seven minutes of yeah. credits. And again, you know, you it's a lot of people to thank in a, in an international TV show. It's but... got a very pretty rose in the middle of those credits. What did we think? Did with the wedding rings being the little mm. emblem and like what what did we think of the credit choices? That sort of computery it's, it's nice interlinked thing. interlinked rings like a sort of infinity mobius strip thing it's mm. an interesting symbolism oh, of a little, bit. The little um <laughs> kind of red pixels and that i'm sure hasn't that been used somewhere i was reading someone saying that that's sort of a representation of wanda's powers and how she's built this universe out of pixels she's just there in yep. photoshop like layer it's all layer. lego that's what it is <laughs> what is what is the dpi of <laughs> I'm going to laugh as if I know what that is. We've already had Break to Lego. (laughs) We've already had like Break to Lego and kind of cut to everything is made of card. So anything else on your list, Matthew? Um, Various bits. There were three times that she called him Viz. (laughs) I did notice. And I thought about finishing my drink, but it was coffee. So it felt too soon. But I counted and I nearly texted you. And then I thought, oh, wait, I'll let him have that himself. Ever. I, I thought, thought it was, it was lovely. I'm still not over it. Me but too. I do I do like like I say, there are times that Paul Bettany delivers the joke and it's really good because he is a fairly low key actor in general. Um and, and certainly in vision. There are times when he delivers things and it works really well for me. The bit where he's going, it's so Covian. <laughs> that's really good. A nice inversion of things. The moment where he says Oh, is the music on the radio disturbing you? Oh, in terms of disturbing me from my work on the nonsensical nature of the lyrics. Oh, the former. Oh, well, then it's fine. <laughs> Just totally implying that the nonsensical nature of the lyrics is driving him nuts. <laughs> I I just really liked I Don't Eat Food. Yes. <laughs> I just yeah, I again. thought that was straight in. Bang. Brilliant. <laughs> mm. There are moments when he's not really having neat. to play it big. It's really nice. Mm. He's got a nice, you know, mode of delivery. Um, yeah. The, and, and the one other that I liked, which is part of the playing big, but again, it's a hard thing to do this sometimes where he turns around and says, everyone, the magnet of Christeries. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I loved it. What I didn't what I didn't think to look up was if there was a Marvel cabinet of mysteries, because it does feel like a like something that at some point Marvel I mean, has Doctor Strange got a cabinet of mysteries? I don't know. Tony's probably got five and none of them. <laughs> 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 like, there's 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 got to be a thing. Oh, interesting. Um, I haven't seen yeah. anyone mention know, it though, so probably mm. not. <laughs> but um, I love a, I love a cabinet mm. of mysteries. So, yeah. That's all my stuff. It was mostly just calling out nice things. Oh, oh look, they reference Hackensack, yeah. New Jersey. That's where Eve Tesmacher's mum lives in Superman. Good. Um... <laughs> and why not? <laughs> cool little tie-ins. You, know? you may as well make a tie-in mm. if not. You know, every, everything's got to be something. And and I think that's the other nice thing about something where the setup is clearly a contrivance. It's someone's contrivance. It is a designed world. And just as we were saying, everything is intentional mm. on a set. Mm. It's already canon that everything is intentional. Yeah. 
for one reason or another, whether that is just like, well, we need something quick, think of this thing in mm-hmm. a show. We need a place then, mm-hmm. quick, think of a thing from a show. Whether it's just that, which is enough, yeah. it's fun. That's exactly what Chris Carter says about the X-Files. It's like, anytime we needed a number, we just went, right, when's your mum's birthday? <laughs> when's my mum's birthday? Or, you know, what minute did this thing happen? Just finding mm. interesting inside fact stuff. Mm. Cool. There were lots. There were lots of good takes on like every time you see a number in this, like how that could potentially relate to one right, thing or another nice. in the Wonder and Vision storyline. And like, like again, I'm you know I'm sure any number could. And I really hope that like if they did put intentional things in, they also put some non-intentional ones <laughs> yeah, in just, just to see what people to keep said. people guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what I also like is that I think that the show actually can occupy firstly the space of us talking about it and everyone else talking about it that wants to. And secondly, the time between weeks. Like, how do you feel about this being a weekly versus a binge? That was one. I, thing that I think to ask. for it being destination TV, and us doing this podcast, um, week to week works really well. Um, and I think good on them keeping the conversation on them. If it works, you know, it worked so well with the Mandalorian. Um, so I can see it working for this as well, particularly as there are mystery box elements. I do enjoy a good binge. But I think this is one that uh, the only the only thing I feel is because we're at shorter episodes. I think that's where I do week to week. I do prefer it to be a bit longer. But yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see the pacing and how they do that. Um, but I I think I'm happy with week to week here, particularly. And I think the other thing as well because we've not had Marvel for so long. If I just sat down and watched this over a weekend, and then it's like oh, and it's now it's two months until the next thing. Oh, oh my god <laughs> yeah. whereas you know this is making us way how about you guys I com- yeah completely agree this is the end game for uh the mcu mm-hmm. and for Mar- what they want to do with marvel because they just want it to be you know your one-stop shop disney plus you're always talking about the marvel show the star wars show whatever else they're putting on um yeah it feels fine at the moment because we've had an hour of it when I'm only getting half an hour, I'm twenty-three you know, minutes. Twenty-two, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm a bit. Uh, I'm. I'm not sure it's going to be quite strong enough. It's. It's fine because we've got sort of five or six big things to think about. Oh, what happened there? What did that mean? What is this mystery? Where it's two or three, it's like okay. I need more from this now. Let's pick it up a bit. So, I think that's where you have to hope that each episode unlocks elements from the mm-hmm. previous episodes. Yeah. whereby you're getting more than the sum of what you just watched which yeah. is possible but difficult um i i will say and i couldn't imagine saying this i'm really glad they saved it because we are running out of pre-recorded content at this point um like like in in terms of tv show mm-hmm. drops and film drops mm-hmm. we are you know now approaching the age of the pandemic film and not everything can be staged you know um so yeah there's there's gaps and i'm really glad to have yeah, this phase four should be interesting because the first three films of it i think are in the can black widow and eternals i'm pretty yeah. sure are good to go shang chi is definitely is, finished. is black widow not from the previous no, phase? It's phase four technically so technically it's the opening of yeah. phase four um uh, and shang chi has definitely finished filming and i suspect it's finished yeah production wasn't that supposed to come out like last April? No, possibly. No, I think that was always this year. And, and maybe they've looked that it's easier to produce TV under these conditions. So, you know, let's focus on TV for a few years. What if they bring back Widow in this? I would be really sad. I think that I would want be Widow. that would be bad. My my worry for this and Black Widow is that this is really popular and everyone really likes it, and there's a lot of people signing up to Disney Plus, and they go, ah, 
Let's just put Black Widow on no, Disney Plus. At this no, stage. Disney. I don't think it's going to happen. Disney, if you're listening, I, I don't think it's... I want it on a big <laughs> screen. All right. I know you do. I know, but I think that's got to be their back to the big screen. Like they've got to keep something. Otherwise, otherwise there won't be anything when cinemas do open. Um, they're not going to have a drop because they haven't necessarily had time to make things. So if they if they've got this and they can follow it up, you know, in the next cycle with Shang Chi, I think that's going to go a long way. And then if they can turn Doctor Strange around, you start to have a run of things. Is the Eternals going to? Hmm. I don't know about that. Uh, Eternals is Chloe Zhao, so. I'm really excited yeah, for it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Mm. But is, is it done? Yeah, is, yeah, is what done. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's done it's as I'm, Co- comes out I'm in sure they're still playing about with with effects and what have you when they have a bit more time. But um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty much done. But I think one thing that might be interesting with the timing is that I suppose it depends whether the how the films then feed into the um, series and if that might actually force their hand with some of the films that, I mean... It's unlikely, but say if there is something in um, Black Widow that then affects Loki, well, they're not going to want to mm-hmm. put Loki out, so then it might be the hardest force and they have to drop Widow. But I really hope not. And and it depends on what happens with cinemas. If cinemas don't reopen yep. around the world or in you know key markets, China, Western Europe and America. Well, I think China's getting, getting back to it, but then, you know, everything changes from month mm. to month and we might be Making more podcasts like this in six months' times about, um, you know, so. when they chop Black Widow up into 20-minute segments oh, no! and it on a drip feed. No! <laughs> 22 minutes of Black Sorry, Widow Laura. at a What's oh, a week? Oh, no, I think I've broken Laura. <laughs> once every 10 days on a COVID rotor. Anyway, moving away from my dystopia there. Once, once we've had the vaccine, you can come around here, watch it on the big TV. <laughs> If it comes out on on TV, we can have a proper movie night. Project it. Huge. So I have my list of, or our list, sorry, very proprietary there. Our list of future things to look out for, for future Mm -hmm. episodes. So we'll um, touch back on these. So at the moment I have Bethany Performance, good, question mark. (laughs) Pietro, (laughs) question mark, and Wonder Accent Watch. Anything else we want to keep a, a note of to make sure we look back at next time? I mean, obviously, there's a whole who's doing it and all that kind of stuff, but I figure we'll probably touch on that without it being on the list. No, I think those are the key things. I, I've liked the inclusion of colour outside of the mystery slightly. So the blood on Dottie's hand, the the red on the toaster and so on. So The blood was, I just thought, as a quick sidebar, probably could have put this in about 40 minutes ago. I did think that was an interesting choice. Um, and it did make me wonder, like, are the things in colour the things that didn't fit with the universe, the things that weren't intended, weren't designed? That's what I took it as. Because, uh, although, was the B-Man, was, was, he wasn't no, in colour, he was, was he? he? was in black and white, but he was also in shadow and in a white outfit. Yeah, that's true. So. But yeah, because um, the blood, that was after um, she crushed the glass, wasn't it? And so... Mm-hmm. Mm. Which was her reacting in her own way. Um, like yeah. that, that wasn't a designed response. It felt like the character. If if let's say Wanda had been controlling the scene, it felt like the character had taken control. No, completely. When she says, "You know, I I I don't believe you," when she says, uh, "You're not going to do us harm." Um, the the helicopter was interesting because I'm sure there was a noise of a helicopter 
at the person writing and watching the show at the end of the first episode. So. mm. Anyone recognise the hand? (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's go with Cat Dennings. Don't know. That was not Cat Dennings' hand. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know whose hand it was, but it was not Cat Dennings. I know Cat Dennings' hand. (laughs) Intimately, and it definitely was not. I'm not telling you why. (laughs) (laughs) On which note? Okay. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. And, you know, we clearly have lots of thoughts of what's happening here. We want to know what your thoughts are. So do get in touch with us. Do make sure you subscribe to get episodes as soon as they drop. And you can find us at Eloquent Gushing on Twitter. Do either of you want to give out any Twitter handles or anything? Yep. I'm at Laura Geeks Out. I'd be delighted to speak to anyone there. I'm at this A.E. Shaw. Um, I talk a lot. She does. Just <laughs> I do. She does. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad you know there's a problem, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're working with you on it, Abby. Oh, exactly. This, this whole step. podcast actually is a secret intervention. You're giving me space to just... Well, <laughs> do you know what, though? It is true, because if it wasn't for this podcast, my Twitter feed would just be a huge string of shouting <laughs> about WandaVision. And I've had to keep it in, and I think we can agree that I have done well. You have you done, have very, done well, very well. Yes. You, well you just keep telling us how much you keep thinking <laughs> and watching <laughs> Yeah, you'd think I'd have slightly more interesting things to say, wouldn't you? I find you fascinating. Here we are. <laughs> yep, let us know your thoughts. What what have you picked up? What are the things we should have talked about that we've missed? Because there was a lot of content in there. So do hit us up and make sure you check out our Patreon. If you want to help support us in developing this and all our other exciting shows, go to patreon.com slash gushing. Until next time, flourish. Oh, see, you beat me to it.